once again to the Dumfries and Galloway Rugby Podcast. It's time for episode five and what an episode we have in store for you. I'm Ross Anderson and as always I'm joined by John Muir alongside me to chip in on this special edition of DGRP as it's my absolute pleasure to welcome Dumfries-born Glasgow Warrior Centre Stafford McDowell to the podcast. Now Staff, this is, a, this is extra special for both me and John because we've been with you at kind of different points during your career as you've risen up through the ranks, John, in your early days at Stuart Tree, and myself for two years at Berkey, got to play with you, which was which was lucky for me. So why don't we kick off by just saying, in general, how are you, staff? How has the last few weeks treated you? Are you keeping well? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, the last, the last few weeks have been a bit of a whirlwind for me, getting called into international camp. Um, it was obviously a massive honor and something I was I was proud of. Um, it was a, it was a really good few weeks in terms of being able to be in that environment and uh, and learn from all the guys in there and, and also be able to test myself obviously against some of the best players in the country. Yeah, absolutely. So not only that, but thoughts on the season so far. You know, it's been a bit of a mixed bag for you, I suppose. Three wins, three losses in the in the URC, but then you've had the the privilege of getting to train and really put your mark on the game so far so how have you found it uh yeah in, in terms of our, our form with Glasgow I think we just we've really hit our straps when we've been at home um especially kind of the last game against Bennett and not letting them then get a score in um is a real big plus for us and that's that's a real positive we're kind of obviously going away to a team like Leinster um in terms of our away form we just kind of talked a lot about this week um just trying to it sounds almost basic but just Playing how we do at home, but but playing that style away from home. I think if if you watch us play at home, we kind of we look like we're playing with a lot of freedom. Um, we get a quick ball. We're playing from our own twenty-two, playing from our own half, with not really any kind of hesitation towards it. Whereas when we've played away, we've we've kind of almost just tried to be a bit more conservative because we're we're desperate to get a win away from home. Um, we've talked a lot this week about about taking that that style of play we have at, at Scotston and taking that on the road with us. Staff, one thing I wanted to ask was you've seen a lot of good game time in, in recent weeks, especially this season. Um, I, for one, am chuffed see you kicking on. How's that been for you, though? You know, Because you've really plugged away the last couple of years and you're starting to get your just rewards. Uh, has, something, has something changed or is it just the hard work that's been put in over the last few years and you're, and you're finally seeing results? Uh, I think there's a, there's a few factors. Um I think, yeah, I put in a lot of hard work over the last couple of years. Maybe didn't get a lot of game time to back up. And then I guess that, that can be a coach's opinion or or just the way you're in form or if other, if other players in form. There's a lot of good centres and backs at, at Glasgow. So if people are playing well, it's, it can be hard to get into the team. And then I think personally, I had, I had quite a good off-season. I went away and I, I worked a bit hard and I came into pre-season quite fit. Um, and kind of to be in front of a new coach and be... To be fit and be ready to go was was probably a, a step ahead um, from maybe where I was, um, and that just allowed me to kind of roll into the season. And also just the fact that Franco has maybe backed me a couple of weeks in a row to give me kind of consecutive, consistent game time, which is probably what I've struggled with in the last couple of years. I'd be in for a game, out for three, um, wait wait another couple of weeks, and there's a break, and then in for one game, out for two, and stuff like that. Whereas now, even when we didn't play our best rugby against Benetton in the first game. And we were told that we're going to back you again as a squad. The same team's going to go out and then we produce the result against Cardiff. So um, I always kind of say a little, a little bit of it's luck as well. Um, it can be a bounce for ball goes your way or, or you're training well or something like that can can convince a coach to, to give you a shot at the weekend. I think one thing we've seen uh, in recent years, especially at Glasgow, and actually especially in the backs, is the, is the time that's being given for younger players, which is great, you know, the... Rufus, Jamie Doby, Ross Thompson, Ollie Smith, yourself, all really pushing on at, on at Glasgow. Um, where do you think that leaves Scottish rugby at the moment? Because that's what we need, is players like you coming through. Is, and and where does that leave Scottish rugby in, in terms of growing, homegrown talent? I think it leaves it in a really positive place. And I know training with those guys every day, they're unbelievable players. Um, and, and when you put them on a pitch in a pro game, 
they don't look like young players. They've been there for six, seven years playing pro rugby. So I think in terms of kind of taking the reins from older players, kind of you look at Ollie Smith coming through and maybe being a backup, someone like Hoggy, then it's a massive thing for Scottish rugby to have a young player like that coming through. And, and it's the same with Ross and Rufus and all, even guys below that as well. Guys, someone like Rory Dart, he's only 21, 20, maybe even just turned 22. And he's got three, four caps under his belt already. It's it's massive for Scottish rugby to have those guys coming through and kind of filling in for the guys who are older than them, maybe experienced. And obviously you started, this is the Dumfries and Gallery Rugby podcast, so we've we've got to go back <laughs> for where it all where it all started. How important was Dumfries in itself for for your rugby career and how you kicked on? Because one thing we've tried to do over the past couple of weeks in this podcast, kind of grow the game, um, especially in Dumfries, grow the awareness. In my opinion, I often feel like we're sometimes forgotten about the game. When it comes to talk about Scottish rugby, we're a little bit forgotten about Dumfries and Galloway. Do you see it that way? And and how was it starting out and kicking on your career from, from Dumfries? I think, first of all, it's where I found my love for rugby was playing at Stuart Tree from the age of seven or eight right up till I was 16, 17. It's where I'm most, I got to know most of my, my mates from, even though I was at school with them. All, all my best memories of those boys are, are playing rugby at Stuart Tree on a, on a Tuesday, Thursday, and a Saturday. So I can't thank that system enough for giving me the, the platform to build on and be able to eventually make up into the programme. I never thought that was going to happen until I was maybe 17, 18. But um, it's such a good kind of system and a, and a great place to play rugby and, and kind of grow your game. In terms of it being kind of on the map, I think it is growing. I think definitely when I was coming up, there used to be only maybe two or three of us would go up to to age grade rugby and stuff like that to go on to play for Glasgow 16s, 18s. But I think there's a lot more boys now and um, they're starting to filter through into the academy and filter through into the into the pro team and stuff, which is great. And I've trained there with, with Gregor Hiddleston and stuff from Dumfries. So see a young guy like that coming through who's come up that same system as well. It was brilliant to see. Do you think do you think you'd agree with me when when you say that Dumfries and Gallery can sometimes be forgotten about? on the rugby scene because there's and how important is it are, are these kind of clubs because the the club setups like the atmosphere in and around the clubs in Dumfries and Galloway are fantastic some brilliant teams and producing brilliant players but I just often feel that it's it falls by the wayside a little bit but there's been a lot of good to come out of Dumfries rugby yeah definitely well I don't know it's a hard day whether it's it's a hard one for my position to say whether it's been forgotten about or not because obviously I've done well through the system and, and ultimately made it to the position I want to be in. Um, I think there's, you could say the same about the north of Scotland and the board as well. There's a lot of promising players in all parts of Scotland. It's just up to the system just to identify which ones are, are right and which ones have the desire and the skill set, I guess, to make it all the way up to, not even pro rugby, to Premiership to Super Six and, and just play a high level of rugby and boost our end game. It's uh, I think the systems the systems obviously developed a lot as well since I came through it. I know the academy's been evolving and the system and stuff like that as well. So I think it is heading in the right direction. Um, but I know I know there'll be a lot of talented players down there. But unfortunately, maybe some people will be missed or some people might not get the opportunities they want. But um, I guess it's just the way it is. Do you think that probably? Moves- it probably goes back to that hard work you you were talking about before, yeah. Staffy. Eh? Yeah. If, if you're if you're wanting if you're wanting to make it, you you're gonna it's not going to be handed to you on the plate. You know, you know yourself how hard you had to work the extra sessions that you put in down at Greenlaw and back at home in the farm in Dundrennan and and then pushed on through as you went up through Merkey. It's yeah. it's down to that down to that bit of gut check and how much do you want it? Yeah, it's it's hard work, and then I, I'd like to talk about it. There's a bit of luck involved as well. I mean, I remember I was under 16s and I smashed my shoulder a week before the Scotland under 16s camp and I thought my whole life was over. I thought, oh, that's my dream done. I've been picked for the camp and then I think we were playing Greenock at Stuart under 16s and I smashed my shoulder in a tackle and I thought that was it. I was done. And then all of a sudden you realise it's, it's not the end of the world, not getting picked for 
sixteens, eighteens, twenties is I think like Kyle Stain, the captain of Glasgow now, I don't think he turned pro till he was twenty-three. There is not a lot of I mean there's a lot of people coming through the system now who are late developers. So if there are people out there that are worried that they're not where they want to be now, don't don't give up on it. It's it can happen at any time. If you're if you're a good player, then you'll you'll find yourself in the right place. How much do you think that move to move to Edinburgh, move to Murky was would have or will do play a play a big part in your in your career going forward? Yeah, I think it was uh, I think it was massive for me just to maybe push myself out my comfort zone a little bit. Um obviously I kind of owe a lot to shirt train and what it did for me and gave me that love for rugby. But um in terms of the pathway and stuff like that, I think I just when I went to Murky just like maybe next out. It was it was ex pro coaches, so you're you're kind of getting into a more serious environment. There, if I was going to take rugby seriously, then I, then I had to go there. Um, just at that point, and again, I was very lucky that I was given the opportunity to do that, um, and I'm very grateful to obviously Murky for giving me the opportunity, and my dad as well for being able to support me and and give me that opportunity. And what what was the what was the environment like up there, Stafford? So just for for an idea, like what would be your your daily daily schedule at a school like Merky Castle? Yeah, obviously it's a school first, and they must push the academic side as well. So you had to focus on that. In terms of rugby, um, it was the first time I'd been kind of opened up to SNC. So we would be in the gym Monday, Wednesday, and um, before classes, so kind of six quarter past six in the morning. He used to always have to text Ross to get him out of his bed. Get him for the gym. <laughs> I was going to say, to be fair, Staff- Stafford was in the gym. I wasn't. <laughs> um, and then Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, we'd be training. Um, so maybe the days you weren't in the gym, you'd be training. And then you'd have a game on a Saturday as well. So basically every day you were almost doing something that was revolved around rugby or becoming a better player. Um, and then obviously because you live at the school and the pitches are right there, um, it's kind of at your own will. You can go and do little bits of extras and stuff like that. So I used to, um, one of the boys, Aaron Tate, who plays for the Airshow Bulls now, we'd always be out kicking or, or chucking a ball about and stuff like that, just trying to kind of do any little extra bits we could in between classes and, and other training. And how has that changed now that I'm going into that professional professional environment in Glasgow how does, yeah, how does your schedule differ slightly um, it's it's almost like a little step and it's like a little introduction um, is what you get in Murky it's, it's almost like a, a kind of semi environment of what you're experiencing when you're pro um, so like today for example we were in at 20 past 7 and then you've kind of got your morning prep to do so it's just, you're stretching and seeing the physios and doing your monitoring if you want to catch up with the coaches for one to ones and stuff like that um, then we're going to go breakfast straight into a team meeting, uh, which could maybe last anything from half an hour to an hour, depending how the week before has gone or, or if we've had a couple of weeks off, so it was a bit longer today. Um, and then we'll roll out into the backs, we'll go into the gym, and the forwards will go out and do drums and malls and all the fun stuff that they always complain about doing, and then we'll swap over. So we'll go out and talk to each other and kick a few balls about while they go in the gym and do some heavy lifting. Um, and then we went to lunch, another team meeting. Uh, so today that was team announcement and then our defence preview. So again, that can be anywhere from half an hour to an hour. And then we're out for the main session of the day at two, which I came off the pitch, I think, just before four. So by the time you've done the main session and extras like kicking and some contact work and stuff. Um, and then we're back in the gym for our kind of robustness work, which is like our hamstring and calf work. Um and then away. So I, I think I got in there at 20 past seven and left about half four today. That's a typical Monday, Tuesday, I'd say. It's about and how it's does about that work? So. Yeah, there's no maths or English. Yeah, exactly. and instead. But you said you said there's a big push for you to do stuff outside of outside of rugby before we came onto the pod. So they are pushing you to do some educational stuff aren't yeah, they? They have a, they have a dedicated uh, kind of outside of rugby it's a guy called Stuart Dow um, so at the moment I'm doing some coaching um, with GHK so I'm trying to do my level 3 coaching course and then as I said tonight I'm off to do um, 
they can make class and joinery. So Dad'll be happy about that one for the farm. It'll be applicable. Well, Steph, we don't we don't want to keep you, but what we do need to ask is what we what I often ask people is what do the next five weeks hold aside from the joinery? And what do the next five years hold? The next five weeks are exciting because we have three away games on the bounce with Glasgow. So we go away to Leinster this week. Obviously, we've got a few. We probably owe them one in the quarterfinal last year. That's an exciting one um, to go over there and try and right some wrongs um, within last season. Then we're away to Zebra and then we're away to Bath. So it's a, it's a challenging period for us, but one we're really excited about. And then after that, we have Perpignan at home and then the first 1872 Dardo. Um, so it's a big a big five weeks in, term of, in terms of rugby. Um, I'm really excited about it. Hopefully I can try and get on the pitch as much as possible and contribute in any way I can. Um, I don't know if there'll even be much going on outside of rugby in the next five weeks. It's quite three away games in the bounce takes up quite a lot of your time. Um, you don't really got any weekends free or anything like that. Just try and get out and walk the dog uh, whenever I can. Um, next five years, um, I think I just want to hopefully still be pushing on at Glasgow and, and pushing to try and make that that 12 jersey my own, um, try and stay there um, and then hopefully get a few caps for Scotland, I think. Um, I've hopefully managed to get my first step towards that in the last, in the last few weeks. Um, I think if I can keep playing consistently at Glasgow, then hopefully it's is something I'll be able to achieve. It's it's not going to come easily. There's a lot of competition in that position and a lot of experienced competition as well. So I'll have to be playing some of my best rugby um, to get a shot at it. It's, it's something that's, that's exciting me. So just talk, just talking about that, Stafford, you, you've obviously been in the Scotland camp in the last couple of weeks. What What's that been like as an experience? Yeah, it's it's awesome. The, the setup is unbelievable in terms of the, the hotel. I don't know if Anyone's been up to the Orium facility, um, at Harriet Watt, but there's the whole the Mario Hotel, and then it's a one minute walk over to the pitch. There's an indoor pitch, outdoor pitches, um, cold baths, hot baths, saunas, everything. All the foods in the hotel, meeting rooms in the hotel, and everything. So, in terms of a high performance environment, it's it's as good as you can get, and also the environment itself is 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 pretty world class. All the boys were were great to me coming in for for my first time although you know a lot of them from, from playing against them um it's nice to be training on the same side as some of them um and yeah it's it's a world-class environment and it's, it's a team that i think could, could go a long way and what can i what can i take away did you did you personally take away from that so obviously the, the weeks you spent there did you have a conversation with Gregor? Do you have a conversation with the coaches? And they've given you a little plan to to go away and work on. Are you happy to share that with us? Or uh, yeah, I'd, I had a couple of one on ones with Gregor and then the defence coach uh, Steve Tandy. They just kind of said mainly they were just happy to see me back back playing again and, and back getting regular rugby. Um, in terms of that, I was just keep doing what I'm doing at the moment. Keep trying to get involved as much as possible. Um, they gave me aspects of my game that I was doing well and, and aspects of my game that I could work on. So they were happy with my, my kind of kicking and, and passing game, but maybe just want to see a bit more from me in the contact area and stuff like that. So um, they're always giving you little work-ons and it's not just in those one-on-ones. They're, they're pulling you aside after training. They're asking you to come with them to see clips or, or bring clips to them. So And obviously you're in the hotel the whole time. So in terms of developing as a, as a player, it's probably the best place to be. Good stuff, staff. It's been an absolute okay. pleasure chatting to you. We don't want to. We don't want to make you late on your first joinery day. So, um, thank you very much for coming on. All the best for the rest of the season, and, and hopefully we see you again soon. All right, cheers, guys. Good to catch up. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, Bye, mate. Cheers, guys. Welcome back to the Dumfries and Galloway Rugby Podcast. We have. A hell of a lot more left to talk about. Re- results roundup, fixtures preview as always. But John, what a first interview that was! Great to hear from staff on it. Yeah, he's a real good lad. I mean, I managed to join Staffer's journey uh, two thousand and eight, and play a small part in his progress through um, through his journey here at, at Stewartry. Um, it's always good to catch up with him. Um, 
real real role model for kids. You know, the hard work that, that he put in to get himself through there is, is just incredible and it deserves all the success he's getting. I think the the biggest takeaway I had, I don't know about you, but was the, as you just mentioned, the hard work that he puts in. I know how, how hard he's worked since since even his time at Stewartry, his time at Murky, he, he trained very hard, captain of rugby. And, and I think it's, it's only right that he's just getting he's getting his just rewards now, you know he he never let his head drop when when he might not have been getting as much game time and new coaches have come in and they've seen what he can offer, and I, and I think it's is is really due his due his worth. Yeah, it's it's you know it's really easy to to give up and say things things aren't going your way, but to to plug away the way that it has, as he said, even when he was younger, you know, getting through that injury, his shoulder with, with Scotland 16s and making, pushing through and, and then uh, getting a recovery, breaking in, going away to Merkey, doing what he was doing at Merkey, coming back out, getting a pro contract through the academy, not getting the game time he wanted, pushing through. Yeah, nah, it's, it's hard work. To, to be a professional rugby player, these days, you know, that's what it takes. It takes, are you willing to do that little bit extra? Are you willing to do the, the bits that no one else is willing to do? Nothing falls in your lap and, and Stafford's worked real hard to get to get where he wants to be. Absolutely. And we wish him all the best for the rest of the season. But not only he has a busy rest of the season, the whole of Dumfries and Galloway do as well. Unfortunately, though, as we start the results roundup, we had two games called off, which was a shame over the weekend there, John. Yeah, so first up was the, the, the Sirens versus Air game. So Air, unfortunately, couldn't get a front row to travel down. So they've they've had to forfeit that that match, which is a real shame because it's, it's always a good game. Um, Stuart versus Air, like that. So it leaves the Sirens with two games left, uh, Brockton and Bigger. Yeah, but they're sitting nine nine points clear in their in their league just now. Now top of that, top of that with two games left. So yeah, they're in a they're in a fantastic position, aren't they? It's it's another one we've said week in week out. It's it's a shame that they couldn't get their game time, but end of the day, it's it's just one step closer to that to that title, which I'm I'm sure they will get. But hopefully, hopefully we don't see any any other games called off for the sirens so they can end on a good note really yeah that that last game bigger uh, bigger are the team that are sitting in second so that's that's the big one that they they need to hopefully see get get brockton away it's a tough tough bus journey up there um but yeah they've got to be looking currently undefeated going into the last two games they've got to be looking to finish it off absolutely we had a unfortunately we had another game Called off as well, though, didn't we? Um, Shire and Oban were were set to play, and again, we're really hoping that's not going to become a become a recurring theme. Now we're hitting the business end of the season. Yeah, I mean, it was always going to be tough for Oban to bounce back after the, you know, to go back to back against Shire. They they lost heavily last week, and when you looked at our score predictor, some of the some of the guys were. We're talking about a hundred, a hundred points. Yeah. So it's always it's always difficult to try and get a team gathered up to travel that sort of distance down, um, and and take that, take that game. So, unfortunately, yeah, Oban Oban couldn't get a team uh, to travel down, so they've had to forfeit that game as well. So that leaves Shire sitting in third place mm-hmm. in the in the league in, in the West West One Women's Division. So, um. They've had a decent, a decent enough season. Yeah, definitely. Um, still, still a amazing platform, as you say, to kick on from. Um, and even more so for Annan, who did get their game played, and they had they had a brilliant win over Hamilton, fifty-seven nil. Yeah, they did. They did. It was um, the report. The report I got back from Annan was that it wasn't quite as easy as the scoreline suggested. They they really had to they really had to work for it. Um, apparently Ham, uh, Hamilton were giving them a, a bit of trouble in the breakdown. Um, but 
we talked about her last week on the pod and the pod before. You know, Zoe Mitchell, her yeah. second her second game for Annan Warriors, and she came away with uh, twenty seven points on her own in that in that game. So three tries, hat trick, and six conversions. So we said that it would be good to get her uh, introduced to a game where she gets gets an opportunity to get into some space. And she's obviously this game the the girls were able to do that for her. Yeah, and and even better, I think I think I'll take the win on that score predictor one from last time. Yeah, I think you were you were the closest. You said, mate. You said forty-seven, um, forty points two seven, and I said fifty-two ten. So I wasn't I wasn't far off the uh, the the Annan final score actually. So. Yeah, between between the pair of us, you were you were closest, but Lauren Nicholson was closest on our score predictor. She predicted a fifty-eight five. That's very close, yeah. Fair play to her. So that's that's closer than you. Yeah, no, so, fair play to her. You're not taking one, full points on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh one game we didn't have on the score predictor, but we will moving forward. Um maybe a good thing we didn't, because I'm not sure anyone would have predicted a 12-12 draw between Dumfries' second 15 and GHK. Yeah, 12-12 there. So we had a, we had a message from Dumfries Seconds ask, asking for a bit of coverage for for their their league and their fixtures. So we're absolutely happy to help support the second team rugby as well because of course we are trying to grow the game down in Dumfries and Galloway. So uh, we'll we'll do a little preview on them because they are um, they're back playing G GHK uh, again this this weekend. So we'll go into a bit of detail for them. I, I didn't I didn't get details on their on their fixture. We we just got a note of the score, but the those two teams are teams that are sitting around the same same number of points in the league. So it's a it's a good good little game for Dumfries Saints to be able to. Try and gather up some momentum. That was an away fixture, and they're playing at home this weekend. So we'll preview them later on in the pod. Speaking of which, that's the results roundup. But even better, so this weekend we have a full host of fixtures, which we're really looking forward to. It'll it'll make for a good uh, score predictor. So please get involved in that when when John puts it out. So let's start with Hamilton who are welcoming Newton Stewart in lap two. Yeah, so that's, that's an interesting one. Newton, Newton Stewart are currently sitting fourth in the league and Hamilton are currently sitting bottom. Mm -hmm. So on paper, that should be an easy win for Newton Stewart. But when you go into the detail, I've had a little look at Hamilton's previous fixtures and they, they seem to be picking up a heavy heavy losses away from home. But at home, the games are a lot, lot closer. Mm -hmm. We're talking within within, you know, a couple of couple of points. So they're losing bonus points are, are obviously coming from their home games. So although on paper it looks like Newton Stewart are going up there for a win, they they need to be on their they need to be on guard because Hamilton do look like a slightly different team um at at their patch. Rather as the travelling, so that'll be one to keep an eye on a potential banana skin. You know, it's easy to be complacent for some of these fixtures, but well, hopefully the Newton Stewart guys will, will go there knowing that and and be prepared. Yeah, and of course it's it's almost at this stage of the season. It's well, this is it's going to sound odd, but it's where you need to win your games. You you want to go throughout the whole season winning your games, but if you go have a look at that table, Newton Stewart sitting just three points above Preston Lodge below them. They're just three points away from Falkirk in third and just five points away from Peebles in second. So, you know, these at this point in the season, these games coming up, potential banana skins, they are must-win games and, and you just need to get the job done if you want to be pushing on in that league. Yeah, we keep talking about it every every pod, you know. It's these these concentrations and the the concentration and the consistency is 
is what wins your championships. So Newton Stewart have obviously defense defense wins your titles. And Newton have obviously got the defence. It's whether they can consistently keep putting that out week in, week out. Um that's going to be the test. They did have one of the best defences in the national the national leagues mm-hmm. going into last weekend's fixtures. But I see Glasgow Ackies have just have just pipped them um, with a slightly lower with a slightly lower one. So that'll make the next game we're going to preview a real a real uh, interesting one as well. Because yeah, they're hoping that their pals across the road will do them a favour. Yeah, Glasgow Ackies this weekend are welcoming Dumfries Saints. So another one in that too. Glasgow Ackies sitting top of the table. But as I said before, John, there is all to play for in that league. The the If you just scan down the points, the points totals of each of the teams, it is very close running stuff. Yeah, so again, I looked at that game on on the paper and thought, oh, Saints Saints are probably going to struggle up at Glasgow Ackies because we know what Ackies are like at, at home. But going through going through the scores, going through the results uh, recently, recently, um, there's some some positives for the for the Saints when you look into it. So they they played Berwick, so they've they've both played Berwick each, and Glasgow Ackies just managed to beat uh, Berwick 17-15. Yeah. And then if you remember the, the Saints score against Berwick just the, the other week there, 27-12. Yeah. So there is an opportunity there for Saints to go up there and cause a bit of an upset and help out their mates, Newton Stewart, in that league and also obviously help their own points tally because they, they want to be you know that top half of that mid table looking to try and break into that top four. I would I would suggest come come the end of the season. So that that's got to start with a <clears throat> got to start picking up these these wins against these tough tough opponents. Yeah, absolutely. So moving down just a wee bit, there's a full host of fixtures for the other four teams remaining. I think we'll start this time round with. Annan, who, unlike Newton Stewart and Dumfries, have a home game this weekend. We know we've talked about how important that can be. They have got Carrick making the trip. Yeah, Carrick, Carrick are having a real difficult, real difficult season. Um, this is a rearranged game from uh, from the weekend where the rugby was suspended for the Queen's death. Yeah. So Carrick, Carrick of Carrick will be going into this game on the back of eight losses. 304 points conceded. So Annan sitting at home. They are their third bottom of the league. Carrick are dead bottom of the league. But a win here for Annan shoots them shoots them up the table. So yeah, again, fun. when we when we talk about these teams looking to try and finish mid table and above, this is the this is the chance for Annan to put Carrick to the sword and try and take five points from that. If they can make Get those five points. It moves them clear of that that bottom two teams, Adrossen and Carrick, and puts them in a much healthier position. You know, I, I think that certainly puts them above Lindsay and puts them back into the back into the shout of East Kilbride and Canvas Lang. Um, give them an opportunity to move up that table a bit more. Yeah, and I think definitely one thing to say about Annan is you got to have a look at how well they're scoring points. Yeah, they're third from bottom, a few points off uh, off the teams above them. But they've scored 164, which is more than the team above them. Very close to East Kilbride, two above them. Very close to Campus Lang, three above them. So, they're if they can if they can welcome Carrick and really put on a show, then that can boost their points difference by quite a lot because they could they could put a number on there. So I'll be interested to see what happens in the predictor for that one. Yeah, and if you look across Roscoe, they're they're saying there that there's there's three try bonus points. You know, you get you get the try bonus points for scoring more than four tries. Yeah. So they they obviously are scoring. They do have the ability to score. So they've, they've got to be looking to to get another try another try bonus point this weekend. Yeah, and maybe so as well for Shire, who also have a home game. They're playing a team that are sitting a few. 
few spaces behind them, but there's a healthy gap between these two two sides. Shire well above as they play Clydebank. Yeah, Shire are disappointed with the last last couple of the last couple of games that they've, they've slipped up on, which is sort of knocked a little bit of their their title hopes. But back getting back on track, Clydebank as you as you say sitting. Sitting down there near the bottom, still on single single figures in terms of points. Shire are almost three times that. Sure. So they, they again they're they're looking to pick up a win there. Clydebank have only won one game, but the old stumbling block for for Wigtonshire we talked about the last time they they played is again they're travelling. Oh no, they're at home. Sorry, cancel yeah. that. I was going to say Clydebank plays on a three G pitch, so. It's an opportunity for for Shire to turn the tables after yeah. the previous weekend when they got caught out with a three G pitch. Now they're going to be able to bring Clyde Bank onto a onto a grass pitch. So should be a good uh, predicting a good victory for Wigtonshire off the back of that. I would think. Yeah. So from one pretty comfortable victory to something that I think will be a close run game is Moffat, who are jumping on the ferry and playing the team sitting just above them in the league. One one place above them, in fact, is Isle of Mull. Yeah. Again, the home the home advantage for the Isle of Mull is, is that, that big travel. So we've talked about previous. Getting that travel right is, is massively important. Mull have, have only lost one game at home so far. Yeah. Moffat are still looking for their elusive first win. Mm-hmm. But I know Moffat and Mull uh, play quite frequently. Moffat have had some success up there in the past. So there's every opportunity for, for Moffat to get himself together, organised on the bus on the way up, get on the ferry and come come off that ferry Ready to ready to play because it's going to be a tough it's going to be a tough one for them, but again if they're looking for a win these are games that they have to be trying to target these teams that are just above them in the league. Yeah, it's a it's one of those that's a huge chance to really kickstart their season, isn't it? Where they've had a struggle, as we've said, but it'll be a close game. They're they're traveling to Isle of Mull. They can really take them take the game to Mull. And and you never know this could be what sparks come the end of the season what we look back on and think it's it's been all right. Yeah, the Moffat are currently sitting on negative points as well after a after a little points deduction for not being able to fulfil fixture. So mm-hmm. they they they're going to want to get out of that that deficit and get some points on the board. And Mott, as you say, Mull's not a million miles in, in front of them. Mm-hmm. You know they're only on eight points. Moffat are currently minus one. Yeah. So a wee victory there puts them puts them back in the shout. And then they can start progressing up the table. Yeah. It's the beauty of rugby, anything can happen. Um more so in your in your cup and shield competitions, which Stuartry are playing this weekend. They are, are they are at home to Aberdeen Wanderers in the in the Shield. Yeah, so Aberdeen Wanderers is a bit of an unknown quantity. I've I've never I've never been up there, but having a look at their their league games, they look like they're struggling up in Cali, and it's all, but it's always difficult to tell because you don't know what the standard of of rugby is like between the between the regions now. Yeah, I would be biased and say that the West Region has some of the stronger uh, teams in it. But as you say, it's the magic for the cup. Yeah. Aberdeen Wanderers coming coming down. They'll make a day of it. There's nothing worse than doing that big trip and coming away with a coming away with a loss. So they'll be they'll be hoping that they'll be able to cause a little bit of a stir and an upset Stuart train, put them out of the shield. But Stuart home advantage, as we talked about in the last pod, it's it's Adam Adam Gray, Pinky <clears throat> Day. Yeah. At the club, so the clubhouse will be filled. Cup game, Magic of the Cup. Be interesting to see how that one plays out. Stuart yeah. going flying, scoring loads of points. Aberdeen Wanderers look like they they're conceding a fair few. So 
Looks yeah, like I, think, a... I think for me, what might play a big part this this game is the availability for more substitutes. I think um, we are very very strong when it comes to depth at Stuart Tree. And in in the league games, you can only you can only have a handful of boys, but in the shield, you can have a fair few more. I think three 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 more subs. So added depth on the bench to come on fresh legs. I think that'll make the difference. But yeah, it'll be a cracking day nonetheless. It's a real difficult one though, as well, because you're you're tempted to put all those subs on, but it also kind of can disrupt the flow of your of your team. So it's a real coaching challenge for the coaches to be able to manage that and manage some of the boys' expectations and say, you know, if, if all's going well, absolutely, we'll give you a game. But if things are going tight, we need to keep consistency. There might be might be an opportunity where you're just on the bench to gather some experience and then look, look to build some more depth, as you say. Yeah, I think for me, one thing that, that I find quite surprising is the difference between the leagues and how many subs you can take. This isn't just a a stewardry thing for the for the shield. It's it's all teams playing in these leagues. Like for example, in in our league, you're allowed four subs, and that almost forces the coach's hand at times. It can do to to play more forwards than backs. You would probably go for a three one split as opposed to as opposed to a two two, um, which limits how much you can change in the back. So as you say, it, it's a challenge. But it it does surprise me how in some competitions in some leagues how few boys you're actually allowed on the bench, which I think almost forces some coaches down a path. Yeah, so that rule was actually brought in to to try and encourage rather as stacking the benches the first fifteens was to encourage clubs to try and put out second fifteen fixtures. So that more boys were getting an opportunity to play to play rugby, yeah. But as you say, looking at the the welfare of players, you know, if you've only got one back, one back on the on the bench, and you're you're needing another back forwards having to go in there, you know, they are looking at what how this how to balance that, yeah. And I like how you've crowbarred that in, Ross. Is in that's why you're maybe not making this duty first fifteen squad because you're only allowed one back sub. Yeah, I like that. Exactly <laughs> <laughs> um, but as you say, I'm fully, fully back that. To be fair, you always want your all these teams to be firing out as many teams as possible. So if it if it encourages lads to get involved and and kick on and start their rugby careers, if that means playing second fifteen, then then I'm all for that. Um, speaking of which, we've got two second fifteen games to speak about. One we mentioned previously was the Dumfries Saints playing that return fixture weekend right away after playing G- GHK. Yeah, so you know we did a little preview there, but they're both sitting on eighteen points in their in their reserve league. Dumfries are sitting third bottom, GHK are sitting second bottom. Fairly similar records: two wins, seven losses, one draw. Obviously, the draw was against each other. Last weekend, yep. but you know you're you're looking at Saints here home advantage, maybe getting a slightly stronger squad out at home than they than they would to travel. Um, you're looking for you're probably looking at them picking up a picking up a victory. So for anybody out there who's an ex Dumfries player or even a an ex player at all, there is there is second fifteen fixtures available in the region that. If you feel like moving into a first 15 games maybe a stretch too far for you, you need to be a bit of fitness. Then there is, of course, second team rugby available to you because our our other game in the seconds is, is also an all D&G clash, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, this one, um, I was actually just about to say there, Don, the, the Dumfries Saints first are, as we mentioned before, away to Glasgow Aki's, but they're still rugby at part form. There's There's... Saints playing GHK as we said, and we've another one very local. Galloway second fifteen are taking on Annan's second fifteen. Yeah, again hap- happening on Pinky Day. Uh, I think it's quite fitting that we have a that there's a cup game happening at Stewartry and also 
this DNG clash. Um, so Galloway currently sitting in fourth place, Annan currently sitting in sixth. So Galloway have five wins and one loss. Uh, Annan have two wins and five losses. But when you look into the nitty gritty of it, Annan have actually played four of those games and Galloway have actually only been able to play one game due okay. to opposition opposition calling off and not being able to travel and not having enough numbers and, and all that sort of stuff. So it'll be good for for both teams to be able to get a fixture together and be able to play. You know, playing four games up to this point in the season is is uh, admirable for Annan seconds. Um, Galloway only been able to get one game together. It'd be good to get their guys some game time. Um, and as we say, try and promote the promote rugby in the area for for people to get back involved in and to go and find some fitness, and also obviously the social element that's involved in more so in second team rugby, also in first team rugby, but you know more so in second team rugby, I'd say. And this is nicely come full circle, I think, because it's actually it was Stafford I mentioned earlier, wasn't it? That's where he found his love for rugby. It's just getting along to your local rugby club, be that third, seconds, first, whatever, getting involved in and look at look at where he is now. You know, he's he found his love for it in Dumfries and Galloway. And he's uh, and he's absolutely flying. Absolutely. I've played a couple of those second team games since I retired from from playing first fifteen rugby. And it is such a such a wide uh, spectrum of of guys coming, getting involved, you know, you've got guys who are chapping at the door of first 15 rugby. You've got guys like myself who've had a career in first 15 rugby and, and dropping down. You've got guys who have maybe played a bit of rugby when they were younger, uh, maybe played through school and then for whatever reason didn't continue after they've finished at under 16s or under 18s and then finding their way back to play a, a social game of rugby. Uh, you know, there's a few boys, you know, you see across the region that have, have done that, maybe disappeared from Colts rugby, came back in, started started having a bit of a run out for the twos, finding the bug, getting themselves back into training, and then find themselves in the ones. You'll you'll hear that story probably across across the region. Yeah. So last game to preview. We mentioned earlier that Shire had their had their game against Oban called off. Fingers crossed that this one and the rest of the games go ahead. They are playing Carthur Queen's Park. Yeah, so we move we move now to the Sunday the Sunday fixtures. Yeah. Um and it's it's the it's the women game on the Sunday. So Carthur Carthur Queen's Park are currently top of their league. Mm-hmm. Um they're currently unbeaten. So it's going to be a tough a tough gig for Shire. To go, to go up there to Carthur, and and being able to try and pull something off, but off of the back of the their big wins, it's got to be something that they're they're looking to try and to try and do, try and build on. Um, they're sitting third in that league. Carthur Queens Park, as I said, sitting first. A win there brings them brings them back in that title race. Yeah, definitely. And makes things interesting. Yeah, it's yet another league that's, that's really tightly contested. Um, and these these are the games everyone looks looks out for when it comes to this stage in the season: the first versus seconds, the first versus thirds. So that'll be an exciting one. And that is nine games going on across the board this weekend. So a hell of a lot to look forward to. Yeah. Full full calendar. There's also um some youth rugby that we we want to talk about. Some exciting stuff that's happening in the region. We're going to talk about that next. So yeah, full calendar. Everybody get get their boots dusted off. Go and find yourself a game if you're not willing to dust the boots off. Go and find a local game to go and support. Support your local team. Absolutely. We're moving on to any other business. Yeah, absolutely. What whatever you have in store for us, John. <laughs> so then, the other business we are we're going to first of all look at some more some more rugby, some more games, and then a little bit of charity. 
I think Roscoe. Okay, yeah. A wee bit of charity. So the first one we're going to look at is the under sixteen national youth cup semi final, and that is Dumfries Saints are welcoming G H A Rugby to their park. So both teams, when you when you look at their their league fixtures, they both play in two separate leagues. They are both going into this unbeaten, seven wins from seven in their in their league and cup fixtures. Um, but interestingly, Dumfries have only conceded five points in the last six fixtures. Wow! So That's they are incredible. They are having some pretty good pretty good defensive efforts. So, Stirling count uh, GHA, sorry, coming coming into it are a good team. They you know they've got a lot of resources up there. Um, they'll be looking to come down and continue their cup run. Well, hopefully the the young Saints, led by their captain Oliver Clanahan, uh, will be looking to try and make sure that that defence stays stays strong, um, and they're able to pull pull through. And represent the region in the in the rest of the national cup fixtures. So good luck to them. Yeah, definitely. It's a that's a cracker of a game, you know. Two unbeaten sides going going full at it, and I can't believe it's a ridiculous record for only conceding just a handful of points. Um, so yeah, that'll be a good one. Yeah, good luck. Good luck to them. National. I remember, I remember playing the national cup. It's I've still got the jersey hung up on my wall. This is sort of stuff that makes it makes memories last forever. So, yeah, boys, definitely go out and enjoy that occasion and enjoy being able to represent your your club in the in the national cup. It's, it's a is a an honour that is bestowed only onto a few people. I think it's yeah. to get into the national cup to qualify for the national cup is a fair effort. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then also looking at uh, the National Cup, we're looking at Saints girls section as well. So they finished second in their group in the National League with four wins and only one loss. And they have managed to qualify from that into the National Cup semi-final. And they have drawn the reigning champions that are Stirling County. So they are heading into that game with a little bit of a of a disadvantage because there is apparently a school trip going on where a couple of girls um are due to fly out to Berlin. Um but the rest of the girls that are left, they are looking to to make sure that they give the girls that are away to Berlin something to look forward to when they come back come back and that is a trip to through to the final. So yeah. again that's that's going to be a difficult difficult one. But good luck to them as well. As I say, that national national cup memories, friendships. That's that's what rugby's all about. So yeah, it's a it's luck. a fantastic opportunity. You know, it, it, it's the semi finals. You're likely you're not going to get any easy draws. Yeah, there's uh, only fantastic teams are left to play, and you know you can't you can't be looking at it like a negative that you're playing the reigning champs. It's licking your lips that you've got what you've got a chance to get one over on them and and you know if you're if you're beating the reigning champs in the semi-finals you've got to back yourself with all those girls coming back from from Berlin as well so best of luck to them that's a fantastic achievement yeah and if you're if you're going to be the best you need to beat the best exactly as well so good opportunity for both of them and then some more rugby to finish off with was this today actually was the under sixteen regional schools final hmm. uh, for both the boys and the girls? So that was played down at Greenlaw, down at Stewartry, and some real, real good high scoring, high scoring matches, real, real close ones uh, as well throughout the competition, hotly contested. So, but the the finishing finishing positions. Was in sixth place for the boys was Moffat, and fifth place was Lockerbie. Fourth place, Douglas Shirt. Third place, Castle Douglas High School. Second place was Wallace Hall, and winning the championship for the boys overall was 
St. Joe's Academy. So well done to St. Joe's. And in the girls uh, section, in sixth place was Lockerbie. In fifth place was Stranraer. Fourth place was St. Joe's. Third place, Moffat. Second place, CD High School. And in first place, Wallace Hall. Apparently that was a hotly contested match at the end. Uh, Wallace Hall were just a bit more physical um, and overpowered the CD High School girls to, to take their, to take the championship, a little trophy home for Wallace Hall. So a good day for St. Joe's Academy, a good day for Wallace Hall. I think a good day for everyone because they've got a, an opportunity to get a day off school yeah. and get out and play some rugby. And what's not to love about that? Exactly. No, well, well done to all teams. Um, that's it's honestly great to see so many kids getting involved in in rugby right through the ages. It's it's what we need, and it's what will in the future only boost rugby in Dumfries and Galloway. So, so fair play to everyone. Well done. Yeah, we reckon there was about hundred and thirty kids at that that regional finals today. That's brilliant. Healthy numbers. And last little bit of any other business, Roscoe, the charity. I know you're a big charity man, sporting the moustache for yeah, the benefit of our for the benefit of our it's looking good, mate. It's, it's actually alright, isn't it? You know, like yeah. in uh, in other years it's not it's not come through as much, but I don't know. It's uh it's You don't good. have a you don't have a cat, do you? No. Just if it licks if the cat licks that, that's gonna be coming off, mate. Right. That's <laughs> nah, alright, it's alright. Nah, it's looking good. It's looking good. So some more some more charity stuff. Um, as Doddy Aid has been launched. Yes. Now, for those of us who don't know about Doddy Aid, it is a national competition run um, for the M and D charity, obviously by Doddy Weir, and it's going to start in January, first of January, and it runs for six weeks. And basically, what you do is you download the app, the Doddy Aid app. And you basically use it as a pedometer. So any exercise that you do during that six-week block counts towards your regional title, your regional uh, total, sorry. So the likes of my numbers will be combined with your numbers, Roscoe. That will be combined with everyone across Dumfries and Galloway and also the borders for our team. Because our team is Team South and it is headed up by... The man, the man himself, Stuart Hogg. Yeah, no, it's a it's a fantastic initiative. I, I'm not actually sure how how long it's been going on for. I know I've I've got myself involved in in the past couple at least, um, but it is it is brilliant stuff, and it's it just makes it just makes that bit of difference because you know how many people are chipping in at the same time as you. Uh, it's brilliant to see everyone's just working together for, for what is a fantastic cause as well. It's something very close to everyone that loves Scottish rugby's heart for, for Doddy. Yeah. And, it, and it's, yeah, always, you can... it's also always highly contested between the between the regions. I know it's um, everyone, as I say, gets involved and it's it's quite a close thing when, it, when we total everything up at the end. Yeah, so you, you get to compete, as you say, region versus region, but you can also create your own little leagues. So okay. like you can have a little league within your own club or within your own friendship group or, or all the rest of it. And it's it's that thing, you know, you're coming off a new year, you're coming off a New Year's resolutions and you need something to inspire you to get out, to do the to do the walk. You know, everybody does it. Oh, I'm go- this, this is the year. This is the year I'm, I'm going to get fitter. I'm going to get fitter. I'm going to do some more exercise this year. And this is an easy way to be able to introduce introduce to that that you can even combine it with some other stuff like the couch to five k, you know, yeah. combine some walking with some running, with some hiking, with some kayaking, with some paddle boarding, with some cycling, whatever your forty is, there'll be a, a matrix to track it, and and that's how, and that's how you can add to the total for for Doddied. So I think the sign up just to pre-warn some people is you you go into the app and it asks for a donation from you. That's how you you get to take part. So you donate, I think it's twenty quid. 
you donate to become to become part of the Doddy Aid. That goes straight to the Doddy Aid Foundation. Uh, and in return, there's a bit of a thank you. They send you a Doddy MD Team South Snood, which is yeah. one of those scarf hat multifunctional um pieces of kit that you see people kicking about with now these professional footballers and rugby players having them wrapped around their neck rather as wearing a scarf they're wearing these snoods now so you get a little bit of something back for your for your 20 quid but I think 20 quid go to Doddy Weir go to his foundation for M and D you know I think I think it's a good definitely a good thing that everybody should sign up for. Yeah absolutely um as you say it's it's a it's a huge thing and it's an amazing, amazing opportunity to to give a little back and get yourself active as well. And as you say, you get a snood, so you can um, you can look like Scott Milligan. <laughs> um, no, all good stuff happening. That's something to look forward to in uh, in January. So the full host of fixtures this weekend. Something to look forward to there. We have had a message from Stafford. He's Keen to come back. Enjoyed having a chat with us. We absolutely loved having him here. Um, and hopefully in the future we'll get him back, John. Yeah, and I think we'll we'll get some more guests on and do some more interviews. Save us listening to us. Rabbit on. Exactly. Looking nonsense. So with that said, get involved in all the games that's going on this weekend. Get involved in the predictor. Get involved in the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you enjoyed listening to, to Stafford and we can't wait to bring you everything that happens in Dumfries and Galloway again next week. Cheers, Dan. All the best.